Good morning and welcome to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is the first Friday of the month, and so we enter into the Sacred Heart Hour. This is Father Stosh Daly joining you live from the studios here at St. Gabriel with Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, Father. We're in the throes of Lent, so we get to consider the Sacred Heart of Jesus today on this first Friday. We invite you to begin this hour with us by commending ourselves to the mercy of God through the morning offering prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Chuck and Joanne. Yes, Father. We're back in the studio, live again. (laughs) Actually, on April 1st. We've never oh. done this on April 1st. <laughs> Uh-oh. I know. But there's nothing foolish about today. No. no. It's absolutely all the Lord. <laughs> well, I thought, Father, as we enter in and continue into the Lenten season and up to Holy Week, and um, how important it is for all of our listeners and reminding for us to continue to turn to the Sacred Heart of Jesus for Him to give us, and certainly the families today, Heart transplants mm. we so desperately need to love as he loves and share it with others. And that's what we're really talking about, the gift that our Lord has given us. And I know, Father, later on we're going to talk about Holy Week, the Last Supper. Uh, right around Apostle, the corner. <laughs> Apostle, <laughs> Apostle, uh, our Apostle John, yeah, yep. our beloved John, resting his head on our Lord's breast and mm. gaining all that wisdom. Yeah. But I thought right now... As we talk about uh, Jesus wants to transform our hearts, our homes, and society through the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. But I also know it's good for us to talk about a little bit about what's happening on our Lenten journeys Mm. and how is the Sacred Heart playing in that. And I think I have to turn it to Joanne, (laughs) uh, who has experienced a little bit of the passion. Be careful what you pray for. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I really did have an intention to enter deeper into our Lord's passion and Lent and really have a good Lent. And I am having probably the best Lent of my life, (laughs) but one I did not plan. Uh, Last month, actually, on this day, I was in the hospital and for seven days with um, diverticulitis and other complications. But I must, I, I must share that, you know, a lot of times we don't have to make up what to do and how to sacrifice. Things will come our way. But having the sacred heart is really, I can't even really put into words the difference But we do know the promises, Mm. the promises of peace, the promise of consolation. And when you're in that moment, you know, go to our Lord, claim that promise. Jesus, I trust in you. I need your peace. I need your consolation. And, 
you know, I was able to do that, which is a grace in itself. But receiving a peace, receiving consolation in the midst of a very difficult time was uh, miraculous. I knew it was not my typical response. I knew I had extra help and grace, and so did Chuck. So I just once again want to share with you that these promises are real. Mm. And the reason that we are so committed to this, and I even have a brand new commitment because it's a hurting world. There's many things going on, and we know that, and we have our own, but we have Jesus, and he has given us a way. He has given us extra help, but we do need to cooperate with him. We need to receive the gift, open the gift, and use the gift, and also pass it on. You know, I know as Joanne was experiencing that, and we had our program that in in March, uh, first Friday program, and we got home, and she started to have this uh, pain in her stomach. Uh, the one thing we both had was peace. Absolutely. Meaning my, my old Chuck Wilson would have said, oh, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. And, uh, you know, and uh, it's just a moment in time. But yeah. this time I was much more sensitive to what she was dealing with and knowing that we had to go to the hospital. And Joanne mm. asked me, well, you were dealing with it also. Um, what were your thoughts? What was going on with you? And how did the Sacred Heart play with you? And I think for me, I go back to that first promise. I will give them all the graces necessary for their state in life. Mm. And I know, Father, in this case, those graces were there. Yeah. And not only... To finish the story, not only was she released from the hospital, but then a day later she had to go back to the hospital because of uh, some other complications. And but it wasn't a problem. Okay, here we go again. But the the thing that really I guess opened my eyes and Joanne's eyes is we did have the image uh, of the Immaculate Heart and the Sacred Heart right there on the table. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Joanne. Being the evangelist she was, she is, would always ask, well, are you a Christian? When the nurses would come in and talk to us. And what was interesting, a lot of them said no. Yeah. There are all, many young people now because yeah. of, you know, the times we're in. Sure, yeah. All that, but um, which makes your heart yeah. just more sensitive right. and also more urgent yeah. to what we're trying to communicate and it's just simple. It's Jesus. It's true. It's Jesus. Yeah. It's and, so true. you know, yeah. but I also do, Chuck, want to put a little plug in. When you're going to the hospital, bring a cross, bring yeah. an image, because you it, you don't have to say anything. It, that little thing is on your, mm. you know, the little tray, and people know where you're coming from. And many times... We had uh, beautiful conversations as well Mm. and opportunities. Yeah. So uh, in the strength and the uh, part, you know, something to really look at, to pray, Mm. 
to help you in that moment. So we need those holy reminders even in the hospital, maybe especially in the hospital. (laughs) That is so true. Any thoughts, Father, on what we've experienced and what you've experienced so far in your Lenten journey? Yeah, I mean, just listening to um, what you had to share and uh, highlight how your experience of the Lord and your trust in the uh, the reality and the truth of the Sacred Heart of Jesus kind of gives you that perspective, that perspective that's needed to keep you grounded, keep you going, trusting, but also to maintain that peace. You know, uh, it reminds me of uh, a conversation just yesterday. But the Lord every day is like reminding me of um, the go- the gospel from Sunday past. You know, um, from John. Um, you know, or not from John, but the gospel from Sunday about the parable of the prodigal son you know and every time we've heard that that is so familiar we think of you know images we've seen in paintings or statues or pictures and books of the prodigal son the return of the prodigal son but you know what's interesting is on sunday during the proclamation of the gospel this phrase stood out and it was one of those moments where it's like who put that in there you know <laughs> i've read this gospel like yeah. a thousand times over That's my life you know me. exactly uh-huh. and it was a simple phrase it was coming to his senses he thought. Hmm. And it was referring to the son who was away from his father. He had yeah. insulted his father. He was, you know, in dire straits of poverty and hunger and despair and humiliation. But like the Lord, I mean, the Lord Jesus Christ spoke those words when he was sharing that parable. Coming to his senses, comma, he thought. And that invitation is to each one of us as the prodigal child. You know, mm-hmm. when we come to our senses, then we think, well, what does it mean coming to our senses? Like, if the two of you in the hospital, in the midst of pain, pain is exhausting. Hmm. Pain wears you out. Um, pain drains you mentally. You know, it's amazing how pain can just deplete the body of its reserves so fast, you know. Um, but when you come to your senses, that's what the Sacred Heart Devotion is. It's inviting each one of us to come to our senses. Well, what does that mean? Think of the senses to see, to touch, to hear, to taste, to smell. Coming to our senses, that means coming back to reality, Seeing, not just as you see, but seeing as God sees, hearing as God hears, tasting and touching and smelling as God does all of those things in the flesh, Jesus Christ. He's asking us to come to our senses, come back to reality. So, I mean, think about how you had that grace. You used the perfect word. He gave me the grace, you know, Mm -hmm. to cooperate, to be flexible, to be open. He gave me that grace to be, you know, to return to his heart. I mean, it's like every day where that prodigal son in some way shape or form but then coming to our senses we live reality as god authors it um we trust i mean notice that peace you had in the home okay well we got to go back to the hospital you know it's really true there's that temptation to like rip your hair out and scream why me i mean there were even times in the hospital because one of my really difficult times is the iv because i they can never find the vein i've got these (laughs) Little guys. But uh, <laughs> but I even said, you know, out loud, I surrender. Yeah. I surrender. And mm. really, it was a prayer. Jesus, yeah. I surrender to you. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's a, a simple little word. But it really does help to come to your senses. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And then you, you know? think. You're like, yeah. the Lord is here. You know? yeah. And I think that's the beauty of the Sacred Heart devotion that we Catholics, by mm-hmm. and large, either don't get or don't understand or yeah. don't appreciate or just take possession of. It's like the Lord is in the flesh. The Lord dwells among us. He wants to be at the fore of our mind, at the center of our hearts. He wants to be like in front of our eyes. Yeah. And like how beautiful that you invited people. Like no matter where you go, 
but especially no matter where you go, like the hospital, yeah. take a reminder with you because yeah. that stress of pain sometimes means you can't be intentional about giving yourself. But if Absolutely. your eyes rest on that image of the cross or the Lord on the cross mm-hmm. or the sacred heart of Jesus, you're like, you are not far from me. You are yeah. very near to me. Yeah. And of course, that's, that's Lent. You know, um, you asked, Lord, give me the grace to have a powerful, beautiful Lent. Boy, did you answer with great <laughs> generosity. <laughs> so but you know, he's it's there. true because we all have our crosses. We all have our suffering. Yeah. And to really intentionally connect them with what our Lord did for me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and yeah. personalize it yep. is really powerful. Yeah. And it's really, uh, I just... You know, I just, we tend to forget. I just hope I never forget the lessons I learned. Yeah. You know, I think it's uh, St. Margaret Mary. For those listening for the first time, this is Sacred Heart Hour program. We're promoting the importance of really uh, fulfilling a request that Jesus has given to St. Margaret Mary back in 1600s. And that is wherever the image of my Sacred Heart is publicly exposed in honor, Mm. I will pour out the graces of sanctification, salvation. I will touch unfeeling hearts. I will reunite divided families. I will help them in all their needs. He wants to reach out. He wants that transfer our hearts with his heart so it can be more loving. And I think as we see that, we we see today is the first Friday. And... The third apparition that was given, the third major apparition given to St. Margaret Mary in 1674. And I know, Father, as we talk about this one uh, on the next, here we go. One more, one more. (laughs) There we go. One more page. We need you, Jack. We need you. Yeah, we've got to keep this team alive. But but as we talk about First Friday, I think it's important to understand, and Father, maybe you can do the reading of the promise and why we have this program on First Friday. And it's a question that comes up a lot. Like, what is it with the First Friday? Is it just because it's easy to say? (laughs) No. I mean, it's because the Lord Lord wants us to have this day a month, this day of the Passion a month, where we can give back to Him rather than request from Him the graces that are there. And the Lord, in His own words to St. Margaret Mary, I promise you in the unfathomable, unfathomable mercy of my heart that my omnipotent love will procure the... Well, I cannot speak. You're He's doing not, fine, <laughs> Procure the it. grace of final penitence for all those who receive communion on nine consecutive... Lord, save us. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a part of the promise. Successive first Fridays of the month. They will not die in my disfavor, the grace of final repentance, nor without having received the sacraments, since my divine heart will be their sure refuge in the last moments of their life. Those are the words of our Lord to St. Margaret Mary. So he draws attention of humanity to the first Friday. And a lot of that has to do with, keep in mind the timing, you know, remember, on Thursday, it's the day of the Last Supper, uh, the day of the Eucharist, the day of the first Mass. And then after the Last Supper, what happens? Of course, the Lord withdraws to the garden to rest and to pray. He takes his inner circle with him, uh, James, John, and Peter. And there, you know, uh, 
there's that incredible agony in the garden, you know, and the other apostles are there. They're drowsy. They've, they have food coma. They've had a big mm, meal. Yeah, you know? yeah. They pray hard. Little they wine. ate a lot, a little wine, you know, and all of a sudden everyone's like zonked out. And the Lord's uh-huh. like, okay, yeah, I gave you a clue as to what's going to be going on. And, you know, he issues this painful, powerful words about, can you not stay awake? Can you not remain with me? Can you not remain attentive? You know, and then what happens, of course, he comes, he's arrested, enters into Friday, the day of the Passion. And this is important because uh, we see every Friday as the day of the Passion, the day of the crucifixion, the day of love, the day of love and mercy on the cross. And so the Lord, you know, every week we have that opportunity to recount the great mystery of the Lord's uh, Supper, the Last Supper, the First Mass, the institution of the Eucharist, the institution of the priesthood. And then we go into this all-night kind of preparation for every Friday, the day of the Passion. And what's really beautiful is the Lord, in his words to Margaret Mary, he draws attention just like, on one Friday a month, on the first Friday of the month, keep vigil through the night, you know, keep vigil through the night, understanding that my heart is rejected, my heart is unknown, my heart is abused, my presence among you is ignored, my name is taken in vain, I am insulted by humanity. So as all of these Fridays, you consider how much um, I love you. On the first Friday, why don't you show me how much you love my heart, wow. you know? That's beautiful. And so, so all of the other Fridays, we get to consider the depth of his love for us. But on yeah. the first Friday, we get to express the depth of our love for him. And it really comes back to understanding the person of Jesus who reigns, remains among us. And Chuck, you mentioned that promise about the image, exposed and honored. It's not just enough to bring the presence of the yeah. Lord into our home. It's really, I need to honor you. You know, like the peace you had admitting, I'm in pain, I have to go to the hospital. So it's like, kind of like, remember what we covered last month, like, this may be my castle, but it's your kingdom. Mm, so I yeah. want to remain in your kingdom. So give me your peace, O Lord, because you're with us. I didn't just hang a picture of you on the wall, yeah. but I like want this to be your kingdom. Yeah. So I will lower my head and I will go to the hospital. I mean, I'm one of those people who's like, I don't want to go to the hospital. I don't either. I'll just lay here, bound me up, tie me up, <laughs> gag me, you know, leave, leave me alone. I'll deal with it. But, you know, really, it's accepting that grace to take the yeah. next step, you know. Yeah. It might be my castle, but it's your kingdom, you know, and your presence is here, O Lord. And that's really the sacred heart. It's the presence of Jesus dwelling among us, being in front of us and us honoring him by listening and following. You know, Father, when he says receive Holy Communion on nine consecutive first Fridays of the month. And I know we've talked about this, Chuck Wilson being the convert. My first question is. He plays that card all the time. (laughs) It's a good card. It's a good card. (laughs) But But now they think I'm the convert. (laughs) I'm the convert. But I know you say nine, why nine? Sure. Let's go back. Biblically speaking, nine is a very significant number for us. It's, you know, how often do you hear the word novena? I'm going to pray novena to this person or with this person or for this intention. Novena comes from that word uh, nine. You know, so nine first Fridays. It's basically a novena. Nine First Fridays, a novena of First Fridays, where I'm going to commit myself for those First Fridays to journey with the Lord, to focus on the Lord, and to make acts of reparation. That word reparation is so key. You know, for the humanity who will not love you, I will love you in their name. Why nine? Well, once again, let's keep in mind the biblical significance of that, especially in the New Testament. It was nine full Fridays came to pass between the Lord's ascension into heaven Ah. and the descent of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Ah. Pentecost was all 
already an established Jewish feast, right? Mm-hmm. But nine full days of prayer came to mm-hmm. pass between the Lord ascending to heaven. And remember, like, they saw Jesus in the flesh. Yeah. The Lord was among them. And then, whoosh, yeah, up in heaven with Father. And so the Father in heaven, of course, they're gathered in prayer with Our Lady. Like, you know, what will the sign be? Yeah. What will that invitation be that will come and send us out of the room? There's a lot of fear. And a lot of that fear was legitimate. Sure. There's incredible turmoil in the streets, violence in the streets. There's angst in the air. You know, a new message, a new news has been proclaimed, the good news. People don't know how to take it. You know, the Jesus who was put to death now whispers and rumors and proclamations are swirling through the city that he who was dead is now alive again. Yeah. I mean, remember that image is given to us in the Gospels and the Acts of the Apostles. The dead were up walking around. I mean, that's pretty undeniable. So something weird is in the air. And then the Lord goes. He ascends to the Father in heaven. The apostles come back, and they have those nine full days of prayer. So we use that imagery. We use that time, whether it's nine hours, nine weeks, nine days, nine months. We use that period of a novena, nine. And so the Lord kind of brings us back to living his life as it's so beautifully explained and lived and shared in the Gospels. You know, That's Father, beautiful. guess what? If if we had one of those bells, we'd be ringing it right now. <laughs> it's April, April 1st. You have nine months now until the end of the year. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe that? Now, I want to interject An engineer something. comes up with this. Okay. Wow. Because part of the promise is um, you will not die in my disfavor. Mm-hmm. Or without having received the sacraments, yeah. since my divine heart will be their sure refuge in the last moments of life. What really comes to my mind is you need a priest. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, with no priest, yeah. how, we need to pray for yeah. vocations. Exactly. I yeah. mean, seriously. Yeah. Continually. Yep. And not only that, appreciate our priest. Yeah. It's not about the personality. Right, it's right. about the power yep. that our Lord gives them to bring Jesus, make Jesus present. Yeah. But especially at this time is, you know, when you are on your last, you know, part of the journey here. <laughs> right. And, um, yeah. A priest is really important. Sure. And um, so once again, let's pray for our priests. And you see how like if if more of us, if the church would return to keeping vigil, exposing and honoring the heart of our Lord in their homes and keeping a life, not, not just having it like be a three-minute devotion once a month, but like a way of life. Yeah. The Sacred Heart devotion is a way of life, living with the heart of the Lord in front of you, around you, within you, every moment of every day. You can see how implicitly the Father is going to give that grace so that those who have been called will have the fortitude to raise up and yeah, say yes. they'll be able to and hear go. it. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking a couple of months ago, there was a, a beautiful, so I got this emergency phone call to Riverside. Um, a parishioner's father-in-law was dying. He had been struggling for many years, had been unable to go to Mass for many years. Um, he had maintained this like private, deep uh, faith, this love affair with the Lord, but through his childhood and um, early adulthood, he had developed this powerful devotion to the Sacred Heart. Hmm. But um, he had struggled so hard um, on so many different levels over the past maybe ten years, fifteen years, twenty years, maybe. Hmm. And um, you know, so she calls me. She calls me to the hospital. And I said, "I'm on my way. 
Um, and I, if I remember correctly, it was on Monday. So I really shouldn't even receive the message, but I went straight to the hospital. I stopped in. And of course, given the nature of COVID, it's really hard yeah. to get in, especially if it's unannounced. Yeah. But the Lord opened the door. There was someone waiting for me, took me right there. The doctor could not have been more accommodating or welcoming or appreciative of the power of the sacraments. Um, in fact, I think he even shared he was a parishioner at St. Patrick's, you know, <laughs> a beautiful young, That's a young grace. doctor. Yeah. And I went back there and, um, it was really amazing because it was leading up. And so I was able to give him the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. He was not able to receive our Lord. Um, but I was able to bestow upon him the apostolic pardon. You know, and then I asked something. I'm like, I was like, did he ever receive the brown scapular? Yes, he received the brown scapular. Does he have one? No. So I gave him a brown scapular. And I said, we have to trust. I was like, the Lord is in the room right now. The doctors have told us, you know, the body is starting to let go. So that means the Lord is here. The sacraments have been offered. His soul has been strengthened. And I said, you know, I'll be praying that you have the strength and the fortitude and that mental peace to keep vigil with your dad, your husband, your uncle, you know, and just to do that. And then I got the message, you know, four days later, at like 1 a.m. on first Friday, the Lord took him, you know. And so I said, we can't allow the significance of time to fall from our eyes. Like he received the sacrament. He was devoted to the sacred heart as a little boy, as a young man, as an adult. And then here, after all these years of suffering and solitude and distance, maybe from the sacraments, he received the sacraments. The Lord on the first Friday claimed his heart, his soul for him, and he received the scapular. It's like, you know, that, that's, what, that's what it comes down to, right? We don't wow. know the path of life. We don't know the twists and turns, yeah. the mountains and the valleys. We don't know how we're going to trip and fall. But the Lord came through, you know? You know, I think, oh, that's Father, beautiful, Father, when people hear this, particularly if you've not had your home and throne, uh, it's a ceremony for an individual, family, business, or school where you pledge to let Jesus lead your life. You promise to include Jesus in your daily workings of your life. Ceremony takes about 20 minutes. And, you know, I, I love this quote here, but God has not left us orphans. Mm. The answer is the enthronement of the Sacred Heart and dealing with all of our issues. And you can do it three ways. You can go to welcomehisheart.com order over uh, the internet, the self-enthronement kit, or you can pick one up here right at St. Gabriel Radio, or you can just call this number, 614-468-3959, leave a message, and a missionary will get back to you to help you. But I think we want to let, let everybody know, if you have already enthroned, as Father said earlier, it's the whole word of honor. Yeah. And Keep renew. Honoring. Renew. Yeah. Renew it. Move the image in your home. And, and one of the things, Father, we're doing, as you know, is we're starting now on the vigil of, thirst, of First Friday. Yeah. It's Thursday night at St. Paul's. Yeah. Five to six is adoration. Six fifteen to seven is mass. Yeah. And then seven to eight is a reflection to go deeper on catechesis. everyone's welcome. And the testimony last night, and a wonderful testimony by Bill Mesley, the executive director of St. Gabriel. And I think it's it's helping us to continue to honor. And that's what Mm -hmm. this is about. So do that. And I know we're going to be taking a break, but first we do want to thank all of our friends of the Sacred Heart to support this mission. Uh, it's so important. It's growing. There are new opportunities 
every day. So you can do this in three different ways. You can donate if you have a donor fund at the Catholic Foundation. We receive monthly or yearly gifts from from the foundation through that donor. Or you can uh, mail one right to the St. Gabriel address here on 4675 Winterset Drive, a check. Or you can go to Welcome His Heart right on welcomeisheart.com and we share. But certainly keep us thinking about how you can enter in to this mission of spreading this heart. Yeah. And uh, I know, Father, as we come to a close, we also have some great news, monthly newsletter now, Keep the Flame Going, and Keep the Flame Burning. And don't forget the book. And the book. Secrets of the Sacred Heart, <laughs> the uh, 12 Promises. It's just been very helpful to just go deeper and to understand. And also, this is not for the pious. This is not just for the pious. Yeah, this it is, is for, for the pious, but so yeah, for not pious. It's for everyone. <laughs> don't, don't wait to say, well, when I'm really holy, I'll do it. Because Jesus wants to help you This is for there. the dirty. This is, yeah. Ex- and is, also, exactly. also, go to welcomeisheart.com and see our new revised website, but also some videos of Father Stosh Daily. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's oh, the yeah. highlight. Lent answer. isn't painful enough. <laughs> answer all. your questions. And answer all That's your questions. That's a wonderful job. And I know next session we're going to get into Holy Week is a week of his heart. Yeah, there's a Stay lot tuned. to come up. I know. As we bring to a close this first segment on the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you to join us by bringing to a close this segment by turning our attention to the heart of Jesus asking for those graces to be faithful today and forever. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessing in all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. 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 Rory's an incredibly fit young man in training with the Marines. One of his comrades is flat-out chubby. During training, they had to do 60 burpees in 8 minutes. If you don't know what that is, Google it. It's a painful exercise. Marines were snickering at Rory's friend, and he was about to give up. Rory got right in his face and shouted above all the other voices, You look at me. All you see is me. All you hear is my voice. You can do this. And he did. A week later, Rory's commander gave him the challenge. Everyone do 60 burpees in 8 minutes. Rory, you do 80 burpees in 6 minutes. At the end of his strength and unable to go on, his friend ran out of nowhere to his side. Rory, you look at me. You can do this. And he did. When life's exhausting you and negative voices cause self-doubt to creep in, Jesus is there at your side shouting at you. You listen to me. All you hear is me. All you see is me. You can do this. Listen to him, friends. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. I worked in pro baseball for a long time, and we play on Sundays. And it was an easy excuse. Uh, I took the easy out and just didn't go to Mass. Uh, when I was in college, I ended up having a lot of questions about my faith, and I ended up leaving the church. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time. gradually quit going went through a divorce and um, 
ended up being a single parent. If I didn't have church or God, I, I, I would be back at that lonely stage, that trouble stage. Whenever you get anxious and worry about things, you just know that Jesus has it under control. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. And it's a place where I feel accepted for who I am. When you come home to the, to the church, you're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. I have a peace when I walk through the doors of the Catholic Church, like that's where I belong. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Good morning and welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. During this hour, we explore the depth of love and mercy found within the heart of Jesus. We strive to make available to kind of make approachable the devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus Christ. And as we enter into the second segment of this hour, which is live, and it comes to you from the studios here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you to join us as we just make a a covenant with the Lord. As we enter into the second segment of this hour, we make a covenant with the heart of Jesus. Dear sacred heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you in the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Help us to carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. Thank you, dear Lord, for all the blessings of this day that are to come. Protect us in all families in the nights ahead, and help us to live that we might get to heaven. Amen. 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 Chuck and Joanne, it's a marathon. It is. It is. It's not a sprint, Father. It's not a sprint. We're getting into Holy Week. Oh, yeah. yeah. Busy time for priests. It is it's, like a it's, marathon. It's no time. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's no time for the week. It's that nervous, anxious laugh. I know. It's so true. We need to stay strong. So, like, we have First Friday today, and it's almost like it's in God's providence, perfect timing, because today's First Friday, and we enter into what's called Passion Tide, the last, you know, week and a half of Lent before we enter the, into, into um, Holy Week. So, Passion Tide kind of leads us into the week before Palm Sunday, and then Palm oh. Sunday initiates all of Holy Week. So some of your churches, perhaps when you go to Mass on Sunday, the statues will be veiled right. this weekend They're because right. it leads yeah. us into Passion Tide. So it's really that deprivation of senses. You know, we are so used to seeing the glory of the Lord in the saints, in the crucifix, you know, and these things that, as Joanne called them, you know, holy reminders. Mm-hmm. And then what happens, we take a step back when those holy reminders were not there. The yeah. saints were not yet you know, living among us as the saints. They were very present, but we did not notice them because you know, the world was still in the process of accepting or rejecting God in the flesh, Jesus. So this is really, I mean, this is where Lent, you know, you're going slowly I've uphill, heard straight that. up the mountain. I've never you know? heard that kind of, I wouldn't say wind up, to <laughs> passion week. The holy it, summary. It, it, yeah. <laughs> but that's it's called beautiful. spring training. <laughs> week and a half of spring training. <laughs> well, get it while you can now, because it'll probably run dry here soon with everything going on. But I mean, these are. This is really when you look at the life of the church over the whole year. This is the climax. This is the peak. Entering into the Paschal celebration, you know, the holy, uh, the sacred triduum. 
Holy Week, Passiontide. I mean, this is really why we follow the Lord. You know, this is where he captivates our attentions, pulls us into his love. You know, we understand the reality of his heart. I mean, the ups and downs, the emotional twists and turns, the opportunity to grow in our uh, religious expression. It's all there. In order to really do that, I I believe some things have to go, like uh, maybe television or, you know, or secular magazines even. I mean, it's like we have to be purposeful to be able to listen in a new way. And so if you haven't done any spiritual reading during this time, it's a perfect time to pick up a book, even maybe one that you've read before. And, uh, you know, I'm reading Father Dave Pavanka's book on the Holy Spirit that was at the women's conference. And, uh, you know, I've read many on the Holy Spirit, but it's refreshing my Mm. awareness. It's helping me to be more focused. And I'm just so happy to have that book as a tool. And I know you all have something Mm. or go to, you know, go to uh, Generations or St. Paul has a wonderful bookstore and uh, pick up something. Yep. It's a great opportunity. And I know, Father, um, I've been really meditating on this scripture last at the Last Supper, when I, when the beloved apostle of St. John reclines besides mm. Jesus and rests his head on the Master's heart. And I know you mentioned at the men's conference, he, you know, he can now recognize his voice yeah. later on. Yeah. And he can now... But you get an A++. All plus the plus. wisdom. And, I, and <laughs> I've been reading, re- reading about some scholars telling about... Yeah. He picked up all the wisdom yeah. from yeah. the Lord. Yep. And I mean, that's why the Lord wants his heart. Yeah. But maybe help us a little bit to go deeper into why that was so important yeah. on, on the Last Supper. Well, not, you know, a lot of people, and with beautiful intentions, uh, genuine curiosity, innocence of heart, they'll ask, you know, like, why would I? Why would I buy into a devotion that starts in the 1670s in a cloistered monastery with a visitation nun? What's that have to do with me? You know, I'm alive in 2022, trying to fight the good fight. I can barely survive. There's just so much going on, and then you're asking me to be like some cloistered nun in France, and it's like, uh, yeah. So the Sacred Heart devotion does not actually begin in the 1670s. That is true. Mm-hmm. You know, it begins with the Father's love for humanity, allowing sending His Son into the flesh, the incarnation, you know, within the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, being born among us, visible among us, you know, and then what happens when the proclamation of the kingdom begins, he invites people to what? Get up, come, follow me. And as people start to respond and follow him, he pulls them into the mysteries of his love and mercy, but he pulls them into his heart. And of all the apostles, of all the people who are healed and forgiven and told to go and sin no more, you know, there's one that really stands out in his innocence, but also his zeal, and that's John. John, the youngest of the twelve, uh, a teenage boy, and John at the Last Supper. You know, he knows there's something afoot. He knows yeah. something's going on. Peter turns to him and says, "Find out who's going to betray the Lord." Yeah. You know, and right there we see this beautiful exposition of humanity. Teenagers have that knack to find things out that they really shouldn't. You know, <laughs> and they always find themselves in places they're not supposed uh, to be. They're uh, listening to all the wrong conversations uh, and never speaking in the ones that we're waiting to hear them. You know, and their favorite word is fine. Everything's fine. You know, what's your favorite color? Fine. You know, how's the weather? Fine. But John. 
John is um, all of us in some mm-hmm. sense. You know, John wants to find out who's going to betray the Lord. Um, but then he starts to realize it's not his prerogative to interfere. Like this is a part of what the Lord has to do. And this is a part of how the Lord is going to love us. And you can see and you can hear and living in the heart of John, you can understand all of a sudden it's like, I drew close to Jesus at the Last Supper to find out who's going to betray you. But now I'm staying close to you because I don't want to let you go. Yeah. Because I know you're going to be leaving soon. Yeah. And when you leave, it's going to be a painful departure. And John stays close to the Lord. And, you know, I I think of um, the embrace between John the Beloved, John who's a teenager. I mean, in all for all intents and purposes, a boy. He's a teenage boy. And he knows Jesus, and he loves Jesus, and he's served Jesus. And he's starting to realize um, the Master is leaving, but his departure is going to be one of public humiliation, pain, and sorrow. And the betrayal will be something that will literally shock humanity for the rest of the ages. You think he really got it at that point? Well, on one hand, how could he not? Yeah. He had just been, I mean, the priesthood had been instituted. Yeah. Jesus had just instituted the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist. Mm -hmm. Jesus is letting them know over and over and over again, I came to Jerusalem to die. Mm -hmm. So when things start to come together, I I think we really have to understand and appreciate John gets the gravity of the moment. And that's one of the reasons why John does not leave the side of the Lord all the way to the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, we may dare to presume, is present in the crowd looking yeah. on but yeah. hiding. Yeah. John is like, no, I will stay next to the Lord. And later on in the Gospels, you know, in the aftermath of the highs and the lows and the twists and the turns, it's John who recognizes the voice of Jesus when everyone else is emotionally tapped out and spent. Do you think that, now I'm just, this just came to my mind, because John did seek out the heart of Jesus, mm-hmm. and and the heart of Jesus gave him the grace mm. to continue to be with him to the cross. Mm. But also, our invitation to the Sacred Heart is, uh, you know, to also embrace His heart and stay with Him, yeah. no matter what life deals with us right that we are with him in a very close intimate an intimate way, way. absolutely and powerful way yeah. yeah but john was the one who sort of led the way yeah. for that yeah and remember when wow. um saint gertrude the great she was speaking about, about the beauty the power yeah. of the sacred heart she's centuries before saint margaret mary yeah and, you know, the Lord gave the grace to Margaret Mary to see with her eyes and to hear with her ears the voice of St. John. Yeah. And St. Saint, Saint Gertrude the Great asked St. John, why did you not write about the Sacred Heart explicitly yeah. in the Gospel? And what did he say? You know, humanity was not so cold then. Huh. Humanity wasn't so distant from the Lord then. We, we saw him with our eyes. We saw the reality yeah. of his heart. We could see his flesh. The, the totality of yeah. his person was right in front of us. But now humanity's grown cold. Humanity's grown distant. And it truly you has. Know? And that was at the time of St. Richard the Great. Yeah. I don't think we've gotten any warmer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. the, that need to draw close to the source of fire and yeah. warmth and love yeah. and mercy in the heart of Jesus, it's only become more and more clear. And... I mean that's why I I just I no one can tell tell me tell me or convince me to say you know the the, the time for the devotion of the heart of Jesus has passed it's like 
if the time for the devotion of the heart of Jesus has passed, then everyone's going to be fine. But when I look around, I don't see everyone fine. Yeah. I see misery. I see suffering. I see desperation. I, I see the reality of hope and faith and love. And also, it's all Father, there. you mentioned mercy. Yeah. Which brings us right to the divine mercy mm-hmm. and how they're not in a conflict it's the heart of Jesus. It's the same Lord. <laughs> it's the yeah, same Lord. Absolutely. Love yeah. and mercy yeah. are the qualities in the sacred heart. Yeah. And, and I think it's really beautiful. Like the Lord invites us through the manifestation of the message of divine mercy. He invites us to live the glory mm-hmm. of Holy Week. Hmm. Another week. Another day. Yeah. Live it another way. I mean, live the glory. And that's, you know, when someone says, how can I get more out of Easter Sunday? It's like, well, go to Mass on Palm Sunday. Yeah. Go to Mass every Sunday. Well, no, but how do I get more out of Easter Sunday? Well, then go to the Lord's Mass of the Lord's Supper on Holy Thursday. Mm-hmm. Go to Good Friday. Go yeah. to the Easter Vigil on Enter Holy Saturday. In. You know, live the ups and downs of the church, and Easter Sunday will never have meant so much and be so glorious and powerful. But the thing is, like, when you just show up on Sunday and you're like, He is risen. I mean, that's yeah. great. It'll be powerful. It'll be amazing. It'll be wonderful. But there's not going to be that full experience of the mystery that the Lord has escorted us through. And when you go through the excitement of the Mass of the Lord's Supper, the institution of the Holy Eucharist and the priesthood, and you see, you know, the color of the vestments, white or gold, you know, there's that beautiful uh, direction on the heart of Jesus being made manifest to us in the priesthood of the Lord. And then you go into the stark, you know, solitude and silence of Good Friday, And the priest walks in and lays prostrate on the floor. And it's a public act of humiliation. He lays prostrate, you know, acknowledging the sins of humanity before the Lord who has been crucified. The church is empty. The Blessed Sacrament is not in the church. And that emptiness is painful, and yet it's pregnant. I mean, that emptiness speaks volumes. And then he stands and he's in that dark color of red on, on Good Friday. And then we depart in silence. And then on Holy Saturday, as the sun has set, the candle is lit, it's blessed, it's processed into the church, you know, new people enter into the church reminding Holy Mother of the Church that while you are ancient, you are also ever new, ever young. The gospel is new, the gospel is fresh, and new people are responding. And then that takes us into the night and into sunrise on Easter Sunday, and then you have Mass, and it's just amazing. It's just amazing, you know? And then what happens now? We then go through the Easter octave. Every day of that week after Easter Sunday is another Easter Sunday, and it culminates in the great solemnity of divine mercy, the second Sunday of Easter, you know? I mean, there's no reason for a Catholic to be bored. Now, Father, <laughs> that no is reason. so awesome. Do you, could you also explain the graces of divine mercy Sunday? Sure. Well, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I want to give a plug here for the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. Oh. These are all great opportunities to yeah. review oh, or Jack, own. We renew need you. We on need you. Easter. Yes. You know, Perfect if day. what Father has just said, and Sunday is the climax of it all. Yeah. This is what we want to take it home to our yeah, home. Absolutely. And with your family, renew your enthronement. Mm. With your family, if you haven't enthroned, start three days prior. Uh, do it on Holy Thursday. Start yeah. it and prepare yourself to enthrone yeah. your home. <clears throat> I mean, each one of these days are incredibly powerful. I mean, you can begin on almost any day and end on any day, and you're going to find an amazing, 
wellspring and source and treasure trove of grace just waiting for you when you but make the heart open. I think people are confused about Divine Mercy Sunday. <clears throat> What what is it that is special about Divine Mercy Sunday? Sure, well, keeping in mind um, that, that idea of the novena, you mm-hmm. know, um, nine full days will come to pass. Well, between what Good Friday and Divine Mercy Sunday, and just as you enter into that novena, those nine days of preparation for the unfolding of Divine Mercy, you hit the Paschal celebration of Easter Sunday. You know, I mean, you enter into that, and those days come to pass. Those days come to pass with great uh, fruitfulness. And Divine Mercy Sunday is not more important than Easter Sunday. You oh, know? No, no. But you see that it's the close of the octave, Sunday to Sunday. You know, And you have that opportunity to really understand that God's mercy, the love of the heart, the love of Jesus Christ for humanity, you know, that love that is exhibited in him coming back from the dead— um, doesn't just stop with the resurrection. It's made understandable and kind of like personable and saying, he wants me to confess, like he wants me to be alive. He doesn't want me to carry the burden of sin. And when you understand like what was going on in history, but even St. Faustina, the great apostle of divine mercy, she saw the sacred heart appear in the sky. Hmm. You know, so she understood that this was a, a like a, the next step, she you might say. She loved the sacred heart. Yeah, she also had a beautiful devotion to the infant Jesus. So, like, uh-huh. it, it, it's all the Lord, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people don't realize St. Maria Faustina Kowalska uh, was chosen by Jesus to be his missionary, the powerful message of divine mercy, uh, through her visionary and spiritual life, was hidden by her humble and yet uh, very, very beautiful external appearance. In 1905, she was born as Helena Kowalska to a family of poor peasants in Poland, she was the third of ten children. She was a sister in the Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy. And uh, you know, her diary, her pleading, her begging with humanity to return to the mercy of God, it basically rests on what? The Lord Jesus came to save the sinner. The Lord Jesus came to save the human person who is suffering and, and very much as a sinner. <clears throat> the Lord revealed to her the chaplet of divine mercy, uh, which can be prayed at any time and any day, but especially the hour of mercy, three o'clock. Well, what's that hour supposed to remind us of? The hour of the passion, the hour of the death of our Lord. You know, when the Lord is making that sacrifice of himself to the Father on our behalf, we tap into that sacrifice. We make use of the mercy. We, we consider how his side was pierced with a lance and from his side poured forth blood and water. And it's that idea of, once again, kind of coming full circle, the prodigal son presenting himself to the mercy that is made available through the Father, a mercy that pours forth through the pure side of Jesus, the Lord, and to live the faith. I mean, it, the thing is, like, if you just jump or hopscotch from one devotion to the next, that doesn't necessarily mean you're living the faith. We have to live the life of the Lord. And anyone who lives the life of the Lord, Christmas is huge. The Annunciation is huge. Holy Week is huge. Divine Mercy Sunday is huge. And someone's like, is everything huge? Everything is huge. What are the graces on Divine Mercy Sunday? The graces pertain to the salvation of the sinner. Mm. You know, the sinner who's able to acknowledge, I cannot do this on my own. I mm-hmm. need the Lord. Mm. I need the Lord. And really, it's that point of humility, right? It's that point of humility of acknowledging, I'm not God. And a lot of people are going to hear that and say, well, that sounds overly simplistic. Well, if you look at humanity today, most of humanity thinks that they're God. You know, when you ask someone, are you a Christian? Do you believe in anything? If they say nothing, then that means they believe in everything. Hmm. And at the heart of everything is really themselves. Hmm. And everything has to serve them. But I don't believe in everything. I don't believe in anything. I believe in someone. I believe in Hmm. the Lord Jesus. Hmm. 
And that kind of realization is desperately needed, especially when we look at the violence, not mm-hmm. only in a place like the Ukraine, but also violence that takes place in the womb of mm-hmm. a mother right. or in the seedbed of life that is marriage yeah. or in the fidelity of a priest or in the vows of a religious. Yeah. Look at the violence that takes place there, the violence that occurs in the sins of our mind, the sins of our heart, the sins of our flesh. Mm-hmm. We are a people in desperate need of divine mercy. And when we understand the Lord came for the sinner, the Lord came for me, the Lord came for you, the Lord came for all, um, you can understand why so many people respond Mm-hmm. to the message of divine mercy because they realize he came for me. Like this whole time I've been tempted to think that I'm too dirty, too sinful, mm-hmm. too lost, too forgotten, too bad, too evil. But the Lord came for me. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's that idea of being present, present to the Lord. You know, I know, Father, um, I, I had an opportunity uh, with a person I worked with. He was in the hospital and um, I could tell he was preparing. The Lord was preparing him. Uh, his days were short. And he wasn't a Catholic, wasn't a Christian. And I asked him if he would mind if I would pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet with him. Mm. And he said yes. Yeah. And I had two other two other people there in the room, and I led the Divine Mercy Chaplet and uh, just shared a little bit of of why uh, our Lord has given this to us. And uh, and then I went to his wake and saw his wife there and Mm. we were talking and at the end I asked her a question how was he in passing and she said he opened his arms looked up and said I'm ready Mm. and I thought of nothing I did yeah but the Lord this is why the Lord wants us to be apostles of his disciples of his to spread his heart of love and his heart of mercy. And I think also, uh, my engineering background, I just think, isn't it divine? Here we come up with Easter, we come up with the heart of love. Yeah, yeah. And then the following week, we're now into the heart of mercy. Right. <laughs> because it's the same heart, but he gives us both times yeah. to reflect on his love, and it's uh, so unconditional that he gives us his mercy. Yeah. And I, I think anyone who enters into what we call the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, which is a beautiful, powerful beautiful. prayer, um, there's always going to be some change brought about by just mm-hmm. entering into that chaplet, whether you can pray it at 3 p.m., the hour of mercy, or at any time in the day. You know, I mean, like at the parish church where I serve, Holy Family, it's prayed at noon before the 1215 mm-hmm. Mass. And it's just a beautiful time, like the middle of the day, just to enter into the, that need of God's mercy. Mm-hmm. But the mercy that issues forth from the heart of Jesus, the heart of Jesus that is made present to us in the Holy Eucharist, the Holy Eucharist which is brought to us by the priest through the Mass, you know, the priest who is called by the Lord to make the Lord present to his faithful. I mean, everything comes full circle if we but just live the life of the Lord. And um, we, the Lord gives us every tool we need in our toolbox if we just accept the gifts that he offers. Yeah. You know, And it really comes to just taking that first step. You know, just asking the Lord, help me to see my life as you see my life. You know, help me to love me as you love me. So that's a healthy love, you know. And um, for our listeners, go to welcomeisheart.com. Go to welcomeisheart.com. Go deeper. And a thing that Joanne mentioned, think of what you can do in the next um, week and a half in preparing during this time. 
uh, preparing for Holy Week. What is it going to change in your house? What's going to change with you? Because it it starts with us, right, yeah, Father? It starts true. with us. And you something came to mind as we were talking. If you start to wonder, if you start to think that you're becoming complacent with the devotion to the heart of Jesus in your home, well, in preparation for this Sunday, two days from now, um, veil. Just put a little purple cloth over the image of the Sacred Heart. Mimic what's going to happen in the church. Oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, but you'll realize when you get to take the veil (laughs) off for Easter, you'll realize like, okay, you're back. (laughs) But it challenges you. It challenges you, you know. Um, In my room, I take everything down for Lent, and it's just like, what is this, a monk's room? That's a lot of taking down. I know. And then I'm so happy. It's like, oh, thank God you came back. I want to put everything up again. You know? But it's just like changing that visual impact, you know? And, you know, if if you thought that people had weird thoughts about you walking your home and seeing an image of the heart of Jesus exposed, wait till they walk in and see a purple cloth hanging (laughs) over it. You're like, what's with the doily covering that picture? You know? It's like, well, it's passion died, you know? But it's that opportunity to kind of like make everything new again and not take things for granted, especially his love and his mercy. And keep in mind, just as a clarification, you can use your chaplet of the Holy Rosary to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. You get a twofer, you know? Use your rosary for both the rosary and the Divine Mercy Chaplet. So it's it's just uh, something that a lot of times people ask. And you know, now I don't know, but the Lord, I finally got the message. If he wakes you up in the middle of the night, and if it's 3 o'clock or the mercy hour, yeah. don't just, you know, go get a glass of milk or, you know, lay there. Pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Yeah. Try to connect with, okay, maybe I didn't say it in the daytime, so maybe yeah, the Lord's saying, all right, now's the time. <laughs> but uh, Chuck is asleep. He won't bother you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's powerful. It's, it's, it it's is powerful. True. Yeah. But if you do have to use the restroom, please do that first exactly. before you pray the chaplet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and again, for those out there listening, uh, I challenge you also to answer one of his promises, which mm. is number 11. Those who propagate this devotion shall have their name written in my heart and it will shall never be effaced. What he's really talking about, go spread the devotion. Yeah. Talk yeah. to your neighbor. Yeah. Send the, the enthronement kit. Go to welcomehisheart.com. Send the enthronement kit on Easter to to your relatives. Send Give it to your neighbors. Wonderful wedding gift. It, it's, it's just... We need to get this out because yeah. if where else are we going to turn to? Exactly. And don't be afraid to let them know why yeah. you're inviting them, encouraging them, or bestowing upon them a gift to the heart of Jesus. And, and also just a, a question, practical question that sometimes arises. Today's a Friday in Lent, but it's also the first Friday. So if you go to Mass in honor of the Sacred Heart of Jesus to offer those graces up in reparation, and the Mass is offered for the Friday in Lent and not the votive Mass of the Sacred Heart, that's fine. Oh, you know, yeah. we go to the Mass on the first Friday and offer the graces. The prayers of the Mass don't necessarily have to be the votive Mass of the Sacred oh, Heart. It can be any Mass know. on Friday. Yeah. Now we have one minute, but in closing, Phew. at uh, St. Patrick's today, the Catholic oh. Men's Luncheon Club is meeting, <gasps> and Father's doing the second segment of his four-segment talks, and it's going to be entitled Sacred Scripture, A Word Spoken. I wish Rest, women Received, could and Lived. And uh, uh, Joanne, <laughs> it's sometimes awesome. men need to have I their understand. own time. Just come back a better man. Okay. 
<laughs> okay. I knew it was going to come up. I just knew that. Was <laughs> These darn program directors. <laughs> we're so grateful that you were able to join us on this Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. And as we bring to a close this, this hour dedicated to the heart of Jesus on the first Friday, we invite you to just pray this prayer of enthronement, asking Jesus to be our brother, our king, and our friend. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at your feet. We renew the consecration of ourselves to your divine heart. Be our king forever. In you, we have full and entire confidence. May your Holy Spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless all of our undertakings. Share in our joys and in our trials and in our labors. And grant us to know you better, to love you more, and to serve you without faltering. Amen. 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 This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820 on WVSG Columbus and FM 88.3 WSGR New Boston, Portsmouth.